What's up, what's up, what's up? It's your girl, Leah M48. Don't mind me, y'all. Listen, y'all know I will bust out with a move, a song, anything in a heartbeat. So do not mind me. Listen, I'm super excited. We are back with another episode. We are in the month of May. May is what? Mental Health Awareness Month. But it's also National Masturbation Month. So listen, as the slogan says, May has come and so should you. Listen, make sure you're attending to your sexual health all month long. And if you haven't already listened to the episodes um, with two, we had two, yeah, two Christian sexologists, a male perspective and a female perspective. Listen, you need to make sure that you go back and listen to those episodes because I'm telling you, they were so damn good about our sex lives. So listen, what's up, my beautiful people? I'm super excited to be back with another episode. And I'm excited to have this particular conversation because we're talking about school counseling. In this episode, I think school counselors um, don't get enough credit and recognition. Like, I shout out to all the school counselors in the entire U.S. of A. and beyond because I don't think they get enough recognition. Like, to be a school counselor, to me, is like... (laughs) levels to this when it comes to counselors, right? Like school counselors are dealing with a lot of like behavioral changes and all these things that are happening, right? And COVID definitely, definitely probably made their their job about five, 10 times, five to 10 times harder. I'm just saying. So I'm definitely excited to sit down and chit chat with a school counselor. It's this beautiful soul that I met named Shatira. Like we clicked, we connected on Clubhouse. She has a whole um, brand and business called School Counselor on Wheels. And I'm just so excited to sit down and have this conversation with her and really hear her story about um, being a school counselor, right? And just like how she got into the field and all about her business and brand that she does. So listen, y'all, grab your paper, grab your pen. Tune in, get these nuggets, right? And you already know I'll be back with Thriver Nuggets. <laughs> What's up, my beautiful Hey Queen Thrive family? Listen, I'm super excited because I get to interview one of my sissies. I met this beautiful, beautiful soul on Clubhouse. I tell y'all, I meet all the amazing people on Clubhouse. And she is doing her thing. It's my girl, Shatera. Hey, beautiful. How are you? Yeah. Hello, 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 everyone. Hey, boo. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to interview you. So listen, tell the people a little bit about you. Oh, right. Hello, everyone. My name is Shatira Porte. I am a a New Jersey native, repping New Jersey. I'm a single mom of a 13-year-old who's going to be 14 soon. So wish me luck. Fingers crossed. Prayers, please. My only son. Um, Shatira, you know, I was born to a a firecracker, a teenage firecracker mom who she was a teenager, you know, um, and then she got caught up in the streets, you know, with drugs and different things. And my grandparents raised me. So I'm someone who was raised by two beautiful, strong, independent, fierce, classy women who instilled a lot of amazing values in Mm -hmm. myself. Um, I'm so proud of that because that talks a lot, speaks a lot to me of how I got from that to where I am now. Um, and then I just started to 
grow and blossom. Um, and I went through some challenges, of course, in my adolescent year because I wanted my mom. And um, from that experience, I learned that um, it tracked me to wanting to help people. So I went to school for, you know, psychology. I continued with different um, areas. I started finding my way. I was going through my own stuff. And I landed with mental health and counseling. And um, now currently, you know, I've worked in education for the last 10 years. So now I'm currently, I'm an entrepreneur full time. I just made that transition this past summer. I was nervous. Oh my God. <laughs> nervous, but I've done that transition. So now I am the owner of Adult Girl Vision, which is a group, a small group of com- a community of women where we're looking to brand and be international, where we empower women to help each other fix one another's crowns and support each other. And then I have school counselors on will where I'm a certified school counselor and a certified licensed counselor where um, it doesn't buy me to be in one city, one state, one district. It allows me to be able to travel and really speak to mental health wellness. My goal is to work with high school, high school students and help them find their self-love. And through that, I like to specialize in our minority girls because I once knew how it was to feel low self-esteem, to mm-hmm. look for unconditional love. And my job here and what God told me as a vessel is to fill their cup up. So when they get to our age, they're able to have the tools and the skills to be a beautiful, amazing women. So that's a little bit about me. Listen, I first of all, we so connected on so many levels. And I just now realize because I'm a New York City native. So come on with the up north, Ooh. right? And then I'm like, girl, me and my, my mother had drug issues too. Like hey. we had so many connections and that's why I got into mental health as well. So I, I took the marriage and family therapy track because I was like, yeah, I'm gonna figure out how to fix my dysfunctional family. Right. But then I realized that's not really my job anyway. Right. Like, I, don't, I don't fix people. <laughs> right, right, right. But that is so crazy. Cause I'm like, oh my God, we like connected in the spirit. Didn't so even connected, didn't even know. And then for me, I was, I'm the oldest. So I'm also- trying to help and provide and, and connect and fix people and then what happens i forget about myself hello look that's a whole other conversation right because so, right, right. i'm the oldest daughter too so i get it wow i love it all right so i have a question i okay. ask all my experts and that is in your opinion what does it mean to be a queen that thrives Ooh, 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 that's an amazing question first of all a queen that thrives for me a queen that thrives is someone who is on a journey Mm. she's on a journey she is strong um she's resilient and no matter what life throws at her or the lessons that she's learning she doesn't you know give up she continues to just um go through her own path and continues to does her checkoff marks, you know, she's knocking these goals out, but no matter what, she's growing, she's glowing, and she's just being the best version of herself as she continues to go through life the best way Mm. she can. She's not perfect, but she's perfect Mm. in the sense of that she continues and she's not giving up. Thriving is continuing the journey Mm -hmm. and really doing the best that you can. So I love somebody that's continued to thrive, set goals, expectation, and it just keeps going and setting the bar high for herself because she knows there is something better on the other side. So Mm. that's that's who I love. I love a Listen, (laughs) listen, I call those mic drops. She said growing and glowing and as you were talking 
it just brought me back to my my devotional that I was reading yesterday. I'm reading the 100 Days of Believing Bigger devotional. And okay, what is that? It's called 100 Days of Believing Bigger. So y'all make sure y'all get that book. But the devotional was, it said, I am a work in progress and yet I'm still enough. And that thing just hit me in a place because I was like, oh, yes. And that to me embodies a woman that's thriving. Like I'm a work in progress. Like you said, I ain't perfect. Mm. I ain't got it all together. I'm still trying to figure this thing out. Like you trying to figure this thing out. But yet I'm still enough. I'm still enough to show up. I'm still enough to be the boss. I'm still enough to be the mom. I'm still enough. Even while I'm a work in progress. And when you, I was like, oh my God, that just confirms what I was reading yesterday. So I love it. I love that. Oh my God. Just the fact that you said I'm still, yeah, I'm still enough. Cause that's one of the affirmations. Like I'm on, I'm still enough. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. She realized that she's enough. So she honored herself. You know what I mean? Just things like that. So the fact that you said that I am using that today. Listen on international woman's day. I love it. So (laughs) listen. Season two of the show, God said, we're going to talk about purpose. Mm. So talk to us on how you discovered your purpose. Oh, that's a, such a good question. So I feel like God instilled in me, um, along with the help of my grandparents who raised me, my purpose at a young age, which mm. is to be um, someone who helps people, empowers them, support them. I, and, and I recently took a, a Clifton strength test. So if anybody's looking to identify, because I figured like, what am I good at? What am I doing here? Because when I left the traditional business world and now coming into entrepreneur, I wanted to highlight strengths and I didn't want to feel like I'm just working, 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 because that's what I was used to. So it's called mm. the Clifton um. 50th strength test. And I took that. And one of the first things that came up as my top one was an activator. Mm. I activate, I, I ignite people. I pour into people. I feel yeah. like, but growing up, I've always was someone that was a caretaker, uh, was a teacher kind of like a protector. I was always the strong friend. I was always the one who was helping when I was younger. You know, I was had the, uh, well, I was doing some things, but my grandmother sent me to Haiti to, to, to that's another time, another day. <laughs> to really get my act together but even there I felt like I was connecting with the people and I wanted to give back and I wanted to just help so as I was getting older I realized I love helping others and helping people so that mm-hmm. was my journey that I felt like was my purpose but I didn't know that then because I I was so um what is it called like a prof- like experience in that like a, a professional experience helper you know, people take advantage of that. People mm-hmm. take advantage of that. And then really, I just realized that, you know, I became into mental health, the counseling, I was in education, I was just doing stuff, working with youth. And I think I realized, okay, that's what I'm supposed to do. It's just what I'm supposed to do. I never mm-hmm. questioned it. I was just doing it and I was the worker. But I would say last year, I called 2021 was my revealing year, but I did myself, um, my self journey, my mm-hmm. own self work. And I realized that my purpose is to empower, encourage, and support people, especially women, yeah. especially youth. And um, I realized that more recently, it was confirmed. Like I knew mm-hmm. it was there and I was doing it, but it has to resonate with you. Mm-hmm. You have to let it resonate. You have to know it, accept it, and confirm it. And I think more and more now I said, okay, there's no more question in this. My purpose is to help people. Yeah, people in their journey, support them, love on them, 
And that's what I'm supposed to do. And that's why I have the Councils on Wheels. That's why I have the community of women that I talk to. And I realize my purpose is my voice and how I connect with people. And when I connect with them, when they finish talking to me and I'm talking with them, they have a great, great feeling with that. Yeah. I just always know that my presence and my helping and anything that I can do as a resource is my purpose of making sure I can give back or help in any way that I can. I love that. I love how you said it has to resonate with you because I think a lot of times we think that purpose is something outside of us, right? Like we go on this journey of looking for purpose. And somebody said to me that you are purpose. You're not looking for it. It's you, right? Like you just got to tap into what God is giving you, right? right? And what people run from, and I tell people all the time, your pain is a part of your purpose. (laughs) Like you can't, Like people want to run from the pain and it's the pain that God uses to elevate It's the pain that he uses to be like, Oh no, I called you to help these type of people in this group of person. And like, it's the pain. And so we try to run from it because we're like, no, I don't want to feel it. And God is like, that's the thing that I'm going to use to not only bring you out and, and have you walking in what I called you to, but then that glorifies me. You know, I tell people all the time. I'm like, what I love about God is that all he asks for is the glory. And yet we get the, the, the benefits, mm-hmm. right? We get to reap the benefits. He allows us to make money. He allows us to show up on these platforms, to be interviewed, to do all of this stuff, as long as we keep glorifying him, as long as we keep taking it right back to him. And so I love that you said that, like it has to resonate with you because otherwise, you're just going to be doing something for the sake of doing it. And- right. And be the worker. Like I told you, the worker. Right. My friend, my good friend, my sister friend, her name is uh, Denitra. We call her Mita. She always says, but well, for her, you know, everybody has different, but she says, everything that I have is within me. Yeah. Everything that I need is within me. So, and I was telling her, I said, you're right. And some of us, we don't know that. So I know what my journey And especially last year, I had to use my resources to connect, to a tap into a certain mindset, a shift, something Mm -hmm. that I was forgetting, things that were buried. Once I was able to deal with that, I was able to now, my my goal, just to let everybody know who's listening, I always have themes every year. So when people have resolutions and different things, I have certain goals and different things, but I have themes. So my theme, Shatira's theme for this year is self-trust. I am allowing my self-trust to lead me. Leave me in my purpose, leave me in my voice, leave me in my decision. And before I pick up the phone to call anybody else, I'm hearing what I say. And that's why I wrote, you know, the the self-awareness ebook, but I have to listen to myself. And then I talk to God. It was used to be different for me. I used to call everybody else. I called this person. They told me this because I wanted to hear what I wanted to hear. So I'm calling 10,000 people Mm -hmm. to hear something. Talk to yourself first. Yeah. Talk to your higher power, your spirit, your universe, whatever you believe in. Right. right? But you have to trust you. Mm-hmm. The lights go dim and nobody's around. And when people disappear, who are you then going to listen to? Mm. My theme is my self-trust. And my self-trust, I'm learning that my purpose is to help people. And I need to continue to do that. And it's so funny because when I got on this, and this happens like at least once a week, I think like, okay, do I need to go back to the traditional nine and five? And every time time I think about that, God gives me something that day where it's an opportunity like this or something that says, here, I want you to do this with me. And whether it's paid or not, like it's showing me no, because he's going to, he's telling me as soon as you go to that job and get a new job you're going to quit within that day because your purpose is to be where you are I didn't have time before this is somebody who's 60 70 hours a week 
Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. now it's a little bit different. So my my self Listen. is listening to me. I absolutely love that because I set themes as well. I don't really believe in resolutions. I tell people all the time because the resolution comes and goes, right? I'm right. a goal setter. I right. believe in themes. And it was funny because 2021 was my year of intentionality. And I was like, God, I am not doing nothing that's not on purpose or with a purpose. And Ooh. so when I came into 2022, it's the year of crazy faith because I'm just mm. crazy enough to believe God on a different level. And it's so funny that you said that. So I'm currently on a leave of absence from my job. Mm. And when I decided to take that leave of absence, it was nerve wracking because I was like, God, I don't you know. I don't know, Jesus. Right. Yes. But yes. <laughs> Where's the dollars coming in? Right. But like you said, literally, since I made that leap in faith and was like, all right, God, I'm going to go on this leave of absence. I'm going to trust you. We're going to build out this business. Uh, every day, something comes along my path. Like you said, paid or not. And it's his way of saying and confirming, right. this is what I'm calling you to do. Uh, right. You worry about the wrong thing. Like he likes to tell me every day. You worry about the wrong thing. <laughs> Speak to us. So I absolutely love that. So I want to talk about School Council on Wheels. Talk to us. What's the inspiration behind it? Yes, yes, yes. School Council on Wheels. That's an amazing story. That is my baby. School Council on Wheels was birthed just recently. It was birthed uh, this past summer. I was working, like I said, in education um, for years. And I became to be unfulfilled at my job. It was highly stressed. I just was going into the environment and I said, you know, I cannot do this anymore. So when I tell you, when I was going into work, I work about an hour away. Um, so I'm leaving early. I'm getting in there. Um, by 830, I'm locking the doors and I'm meditating. Meditating. This is somebody who me never meditated ever. I was meditating every day and people were knocking and calling. I wouldn't pick up. I had to meditate to ground myself, to be in that environment. Um, I was leaving, taking breaks, going out. Like this is just, I just wasn't able to stay there um, like how I was before. And I said, okay, this is not something that I want to do. And my grandmother always said to me, you don't leave a job until you have something. I was like, well, you're not living my life. So I'm sorry. I know you instilled that in me, but I can't do this anymore. Um, And then, you know, I'm looking, I'm finding, I I have a therapist. I was talking to her and we were just working these things out because this is something that was like coming up quite frequently. And it was year after year after year. And I was still staying. And I said, no, 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 I have to go. I have to go. I'll just stop. I got to get my mental health together. You know? So I was in a conference and I went to Vegas for my birthday. And this is what two parts is so important. On my birthday, I did a live on my Instagram page and my other Instagram page. And I said, God, please remove anyone or anything does not serve a purpose in my life. Mm. If you remove them from my life, I promise you, I will be obedient and I will follow your lead. Yeah. So I said that, sis, when I said that, I thought it was that day. I didn't know it was going to be every day for the next six months, Mm, mm. every day for the next six months. At that time, when I was doing that, I already resigned and I was like, okay, what am I going to do? And while I was in Vegas for my birthday and doing that prayer and I was doing a conference, it birthed to me and said, you know what? No, do what you're doing, but do it mobile, connect with youth all over, go to state to state, host workshops, find connections, gather in a park whatever you got to do, go to China, but you need to be mobile and you need everything that you're doing 
Yeah. You can whatever. So I kind of was like, okay, I could kind of do this. And I talked to one of my colleagues and he was like, yo, you can do this. You can do like a virtual counselor. And we played around with it. And I said, no, I'm school counselor on wheels. Like whether I'm in an airplane, I'm on a car, I'm on a bike, I'm going to come to you virtually in person, whatever I got to do. And I'm going to make sure that I support my youth, their families, and just be a resource to them. And that's kind of how it started. And when it started, I started doing empowerment workshops for young girls through journal writing to empower them. Um, currently, I do a, a couple of things. I'm a consultant. So I go in, I teach first year school counselors, you know, how to run and make their program effective. I also work with social emotional learning programs. I'm currently writing a curriculum to go in for self-love. So okay. now, you know, I focus on high school students, uh, struggling high school students who are underserved, under-resourced, who your typical students where they feel like they want to give up and you don't know where else to kind of pour into them. And my goal is to support them, but also pour into them to connect with themselves, communicate with themselves and others to be able to self-love on themselves, to empower them for lifelong success. So that's what school counselors as well, Listen. to really support, you know, um, our youth to, to make sure yeah. they are successful. I absolutely love that. And it's so funny because I promise you, I'm sitting here like, God, me and Shatira are so connected and we right. didn't even know it. Because literally right before I took my leave of absence, that was my prayer. I was like, God, I can't do this no more. I literally with tears in my eyes, I was like, God, you're going to have to figure out, show me a way to right. get something right. established where right. the income is consistent so I don't have to go back to this place right. because I know what it's like to be in a high stress job and see people don't realize that us as mental health professionals like we deal with people's trauma 24 right. 7 right. we deal with right. people's issues every day right. and then we got to come home and we got to be mom and we got to be wife and we got to be this and we gotta, okay. how you want me to do that and I can't function all at the same time right. Right. so I love that you said that. And then I always tell people, my grandma always said it, be careful what you're asking for. Right. Because you, <laughs> you like, God, just remove. And he like, oh, okay, sure. I remove. And yes, remove he removes everybody. Friend yeah. from years, relate situationships, family, yeah. everybody gone. Yeah. Gone. He's, he's just that kind of guy. Because when he's, he, I realized that my coach said it to me. She said, maybe God was waiting for you to get to this point. Yes. Maybe he was waiting yes. for you to get to the place where you're like, yes. I'm done. Yes. I cannot keep doing this yes. because if I keep doing this, this is what's going to happen. And now that I have the down, down time, I'm seeing her like, oh my God, I, it's so many, like my creativity is flowing. So many things are coming yes. clear. I'm like, oh yeah, I could do this. I could do that. I could. He's showing me, he's making so many connections where I can make bank. And don't have to go back to working for somebody else. And right. so I just absolutely right. love that. I love that. Okay, so I want to gotta talk teach about- me that. You got to teach me that because when I say that too, you got to be careful too how you leave your situation because just yeah. as important too, the job that was weighing me down, you know, that's one of my clients. That's the I school I it. now go into to work with them. And I had a relationship with my past boss that now she, I'm a consultant of hers because I did, I was valued, but also they see the value and I'm helping them in that space. So you're right. But I, you know, you got to be careful what you ask. And I was not ready. <laughs> I was not ready for Cause honey, you get to answer them questions. Then you'd be like, I love it. Cause I've mm-hmm. prayed that some prayers and then you'd be like, for real God. And he'd be like, well, what you asked me for? I yeah. mean, I know I asked, but I mean, 
I when I tell you that in that moment, because I grew up in a Baptist church, Christian church, yeah. and then as I got older, I, I went away, and because a lot of things I seen and saw, and then I tried to go back, and I was back and whatever. So now my connection is with Him, with God. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And that in that moment, I don't question anything that happens. Just from that, yeah. because I was just looking at myself, asking that, and he really removed and I just wasn't ready for that yeah and I said I asked for that and that showed me be careful what you ask for mm-hmm. like, you, ask for God. you playing right you playing you really want to see like you want because you're going to lean on me and they disappeared yeah yeah and see I and I love that because see what I have learned to start to do is when I ask him I also say God prepare me Ooh, prepare me right. for how you're going to come through right. and answer this right. question right. this prayer right. because <laughs> I, I know it. you're gonna come through yeah. a different way right and so right. I need you to prepare me Ooh. for how you're going to answer it because then I'm not so caught off guard I'm not so like wait right. run that back so right. I yeah. love that so I want to talk about finding your voice because girl we've Ooh. both been on this journey I just recently found mine back mm-hmm. in 2021 so talk to us a little bit about your journey on finding your voice Ooh. See, like I told you, I was the oldest. I was a young girl. I was shy. They used to make fun of me because I used to cling to my grandmother's leg and not want to like leave or disappear. Um, like I said, I was bullied from second grade all the way to ninth grade. Mm. So, and it, it was weird because it was like a friendship. So she was my best friend, but she was really manipulative and kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah, so I yeah. never had a, was my voice. And I think when I got older and started to use my voice, my my voice was in a sense loud and not by the tone, but coming out like attitude, angry, mm-hmm. frustrated because I felt like I could never express myself. So when I started saying things, I was the too sensitive one because mm-hmm. yeah, I'm a cancer, cancer stand up, but still like you're too sensitive. You're taking things too personal. Mm-hmm. Like, and it was like, no, I felt like I never had a chance to explain myself or share how I was feeling. And when I did, I got backlash for it. So that even made me more hide my voice deeper, deeper, deeper. And I was like, okay, well, nobody really wants to have, I can't say anything. You want to hear my advice. You want me to help you and give you advice. But when it's time to hear my opinion and how I'm feeling about Shatira, it's not good enough. And that manifested in a lot of relationships, friendships, even in my house. Like, you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. now going through therapy, um, I had a bomb coach, coach by Jock. You got to follow her on Instagram, coach by Jock. She helped me so much to show up differently and to put myself first. And she had me tap in on the first day. This is really how my voice, I think my self-awareness came. She has you do an exercise where you have to tap in as and, and imagine the woman that you want to show up as mm. she takes you through guided exercises that I physically saw who I needed to be or who I wanted to be and I knew I wanted to get there and then I started using my voice and saying things and I even joke with my family like y'all think I'm an alien because y'all don't, y'all don't recognize who this person is because I wouldn't say anything so I'm learning to through the self-trust that my mm. voice matters that it counts that I need my voice to guide me that I am enough. I deserve the best. So I think me being able to go through what I went through, but needing to um, just have the self-awareness to put myself first. And I needed the therapy. I needed the coaching. I needed to trust myself. I needed prayers to really say, okay, it's your time. Um, 
like I said, it's been so many years that I forgot about me. Mm. Listen, I can so resonate. So for me, like going on that journey to finding my voice, God really back in 2020, 2021, he put me on this journey of healing the little girl within. Because like you, growing up without my mom, the abandonment, all these issues, grandma, grandpa raising me, all these feelings. And I didn't realize that I had stifled that little girl. Like I wasn't acknowledging her, nothing. But then I was in situations where I ended up in situationships. I was explosive in my emotions. And it took one of my friends to be like, girl, do you realize you explode when people say things to you or people... And I didn't realize it. And I remember praying and I said to God, I was like, God, I really don't want to keep having these unhealthy relationships and help Mm. me. What am I supposed to do? And he was like, it starts with you. And when I really pulled back, I mean, he put me on a journey, sis, where, because as a coach and a consultant, God was like, I'm not putting nobody in your hands that you ain't walk out your own process. Like, I'm going to need you to walk out the process first before you try to try coaching and consulting anybody so (laughs) he put me on the journey and I was I literally journaled my whole entire journey which is now my new coaching program but he literally showed me that the reason why I had these explosive emotions was because it was connected to the little girl who didn't feel seen who didn't feel heard who didn't feel validated and when he showed me that he was like you get emotional because the little girl in you was like see me hear me and validate me Right. And so when I realized that I had to heal her in order for the adult version of Leah to be good, it took me to a whole other place. And I remember the first time I even acknowledged her presence because for 30 some years, she over here kicking and screaming like, Mm. hello, can you acknowledge me? I'm here. But I tell you the transformation the confidence, the, 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 the ability to be like, I can look at the woman I am in the mirror and the inside of me and the outside of me finally match. Cause girl, you know, for many of us, we used to, you that know, part. the outside look good, but the inside right. is jacked I up. I love that. I love that. And, taking notes over here. <laughs> and it was just a beautiful journey of fine. Like I literally could say at on my 34, right before the, I hit 35, God was like, you're going to find your voice. And mm. it's a, been a beautiful moment because now I don't, because I used to not even like my voice growing up. It was like, oh God, I sound like a little raspy. Da, da, da. Now it's just like, whatever. And I told one of my friends, I said, it's so funny because I was the loud kid. Like you were saying, growing up, people always, I was loud. Oh, it was always Leah talked too much, right? That was always was on my report card. And now I tell people now I get paid to talk too much. So right. I say that to say the very thing that we don't like, God will use. Mm. like he knew I couldn't stay I'll be like Jesus I don't like this voice of mine and he's like yeah and I'm gonna go and I'm a man of I'm a usual voice and all its glory and everything and I learned to love it but it started with really healing that little girl you're so right I love that yep and I had to do different things in my life to get to that and I love to heal and part of it too um I have a book it's called I forgive myself for forgetting myself and part of that in there I have the reader write a letter to their younger self. Mm. 
they read the letter mm. that I wrote to myself. I think I wrote it at 18 because I was going through. That's where I really was just like all over the place. My mom had um, at that point, you know, she was in her addiction heavy. Me and her was at it. But I talk about it in the book, too. So you got to make sure you tap in that, you know, she told me she was she aborted me. Mm. And then that stuck with me. I just released that. When I went to Ilanda Van Sant, she had a fix my life type of weekend. So I went to a retreat in Boone, North Carolina in the country. It's called the Art of Living Retreat in August. And I had to do breath work. I had to do meditation. And I really had to stick in with that little girl. And I had to forgive because I was like, because from her saying that to me when I was 18, I always from that point on and knowing that she had me young, I felt like I was a mistake. Mm, Come on. I took what she said and held it all these years that I yeah. wasn't good enough. I'm a mistake. And she really didn't want me. And she said it. Yeah. She hurt people, hurt people. You hear me? Yeah. Hurt yeah. People, hurt people. So in my letter, I talk about hearing that, but also about to embark on a new journey, which is getting away, leaving my grandmother's side and going to college and figuring out what do I do? Because I'm not supposed to be here, but I also got to go and find my way. And that's scary. That's scary. So I write a letter to myself and I talk about, you know, encouraging myself, talking to myself and telling myself I can do that. I can do this, you know, so you are so right that I think I started really cleaning up the last bit of that little girl who was, I call it with my therapist, we call it unpacking my boxes and mm. all, my boxes, all my BS and all my baggage is in my attic. And we're as in therapy, we're opening each box. I love it. We're unpacking it and we're going through it to see what needs to go on the yard or to the garbage, what is going to be packed back up or whatever. But it really is to clear this, to clear everything and really going through it because I got to a point where I would just leave things sitting, even bills. I don't want to deal with that. I'll leave it mm-hmm. for years, years, girl. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to deal with it. And that was good at not dealing with it. I don't have to open it up. I don't got to deal with it. It's like opening up a wound. So I think definitely you resonating with me and saying, yeah, we got to heal those things. And, oh, yeah. and I love the fact that you said, does the outside match the inside? Because we can talk, there's so many people I went meet, especially women, self-love, self-empowerment, this on the outside, but then how are you treating me or how are you showing up? Uh-uh, baby girl, I see it. Mm-hmm. You got to do some more work and it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you say that because what I have learned on my journey with healing is I always say heal people hear differently, see differently and do differently. When you're healing, you don't hear Mm -hmm. from that broken traumatic lens anymore. Right. You don't even see, right. Like I could say, as I've continued my own journey with healing, like I can look at my mom and I don't see the addict. I see another Mm -hmm. woman who's broken, who's trying to navigate this thing called life. With right, a little right. bit of tools that she right, got, right? right? GPS is barely plugged up, right. right? And it helps me to be able to have empathy for her because before right. it was just like, oh my gosh, she's an addict, and because I was in that broken place. Right. But now I can see her for who she is, which yeah. helps me to do differently towards her because now I can be more empathetic. Now I can be more loving. Now I can be more like, hey, mom, how are you? Versus why is she calling me, right? Because <laughs> Right. you're doing differently and so I, I I agree people we got especially as women and and I want to ask your opinion like because black the black and brown community are getting hip to mental health now we, right we're, we're having those conversations right. we're talking about therapy and so I want to know as a counselor why do you think that is like why do you feel like mm. all of a sudden we're having this shift that's the thing because like even coming up 
like I was in it when I was little I didn't want to be but I was in it and then I tried it as an adult and I went halfway and stopped but you're so right I feel like I really feel like for me that, and even though I was in it, I feel like the pandemic is where I really saw the Mm -hmm, shift. mm -hmm. The shift where I feel like we can't go outside, right? We inside, it's the pandemic. We with such and such a whoever, and we really seeing people for who they are. Because typically if we're at work five to six days a week for long hours, when we come home, we're doing our business. We laid up, we go to sleep. Even if we have a little tip for tat, we're going on. You're sitting with yourself yeah. and you're sitting with whoever. Even when you sit with yourself, you don't like who you see or you understand it or people are thinking like, what's wrong with me? So I think the awareness started to seek in and it's kind of like that mirror, like, okay, what's going on? And it can't be just me because I'm in the house. I'm not around. I can't go around nobody. So what's up? What's going on with me? So yeah. I think people were able to get a better glimpse of who they are. Yeah. Um, and then while we're on home and looking at social media you see mental health this mental health that so I think it was like talking about it thinking about it. and there's still some people that even some guys like no 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 but even somebody I knew who was like an alpha male like he's saying I think I need to go talk to somebody I had to look twice and say but who, what who are you you know what I mean but I think people are more uh like you said open to do it yeah. I think I really think the pandemic made people sit with themselves a little bit see some things realize it's not right and I think too even when sitting with themselves and dealing with stuff even if they don't want to look at it as mental health they realize like I don't like how I feel or I'm drinking more I'm doing this mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. or I can't manage this. So if something happened with them, they lost their job or something happened and they're enraged and stuff. It's like, what's going on with me? Yeah. Something's not right. Even if they're not actively seeing somebody or getting that type of resource, they were aware of this or came to came to terms with it, came face to face with the issues growing up or whatever. So I think that to me, I feel like gave them some type of, you know, eye opener to who they are, what's going yeah. on. I, I couldn't agree more. I think that the pandemic definitely shined the light on the mental health crisis in America. I think mm-hmm. it's the first time we're really having conversations, not just amongst black and brown communities, but right. even in the political se- sector. Right. They're right. finally taking notice like, oh, wait, there is some issues really happening, right? Like there is this right. thing as psychosis and we need to change the way law enforcement get, handles those type of right. things. And look at all of our I, people who, who committed suicide and that we yeah. saw it on social media. Like people, right. so many people and you're like, dang, I wonder what was going on with her. What's going on here? Yeah. You know, that too. Yeah. And then just even like I tell people for me and as a black, black woman, I say all the time for us, we had two pandemics, right? Because we dealt with COVID, but we also dealt with the killings of unarmed Black and brown people like never before. So we collectively have been grieving the loss of lives from COVID, but then as Black and brown people of color, we're grieving the loss of our brothers and sisters at the hands of cops. So it, it was a lot. And that we had to have that moment of being like, yeah, I need to talk about this. Like I need to have conversations you know especially for I know so many of my black male friends who were like yo I gotta go to therapy because it's hard like I'm terrified to be a black man in America right now right right and I'm scared for my son that you know right and then us as women you know we being terrified like I didn't even realize how terrified I was of cops until a cop came knocking at my door says to tell me somebody has vandalized my car and I was terrified to open my door Mm. nice male cop he was just coming to say, hey, there was a vandalism in the neighborhood. 
your car and some other. But when I tell you, I was literally physically shaken because my mind immediately went to Breonna Taylor. Right. Tana Jeffries. All these people that were in their home. Minding their business. Right. And you came in. And when I realized that, I was like, oh, this is something I got to talk about and process through in therapy because I'm like, I didn't realize that a cop could really startle me on that level. I mean, it was horrible. And I was just like, wow. So that says a lot about where our community is and why we just, it's still too much. So, oh, this is such a good conversation. Okay, so I want to talk about this book because you alluded to it, (laughs) but I want to talk about your first book. Talk to us. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, my first book has been a journey getting here. And I originally, I was looking at what would I be writing about? What would the book be about? And I wanted to do some type of memoir. Um, but I was like, you know, that's deep. That's a lot. I got to go back to a lot of stuff that I'm currently even processing. And I said, okay, my journey, part of my journey and big part of my journey was affirmations and journaling. So Mm. I was like, you know what, let me take something like that and put that together. So um, what happened was I came up and I said, okay, I want to do something with that. And um, I decided to, I went away for a writing retreat um, with Audrey Retreats. She's on Instagram. I found her on Instagram. She has all these writing different retreats. And I was like, I need a vacation anyway. So they were gone. We went to Cabo for the weekend and I went there and I started looking at some of my stuff and I was just writing and I was writing and I was writing and I started talking about, you know, um, just like, you know, what I was going through, um, you know, feeling as a new writer, as somebody that's dealing with emotions as as somebody that's uh, finding herself someone that went through depression and high and lows but functionally I always say that like I was working so much and I started just putting that down and I talk about my relationship with my mom and I just talk about just getting my thoughts on paper as a Mm -hmm. as kind of like a journal but at the same time I was looking at you know what are some things that help me what you know like like some you know, things that I had to find out about myself, like inventory and people and places, things never, you know, um, basically, you know, doesn't serve a purpose anymore. And when I was with my coaching program with Coach by Jack and she had us do an exercise and I, I, I hit it and I was like, wow, like, I need to forgive myself. She was talking about permission slips and giving uh, giving permission slips with each other. And from there, I said, I forgive myself mm. for forgetting about myself. I forgot about myself for 30 something years. I was wow. putting everybody else first. I was finding my voice. I was doing my ho- my own self-healing journey. But until I could continue to forgive my mom and everybody else, I had to forgive me because mm. I disconnected from myself, from my emotions, from everything. And I allowed things to happen to me or allowed to be treated a certain way. And that's not how I want to show up. And I called it, I forgive myself for forgetting myself. And then it's a self-guided journal, has affirmations. It has also a seven-day writing plan where it tells you to do certain things for seven days just to focus on you. Part of the book talks about you don't need any experience, no experience Mm. necessary. You just need to show up and you need to take it day by day. But like I told you, it talks about writing a a letter to yourself and just really guiding you and helping you. And you can pick it up at any time. And it's something that once you do it and you want to come back to another season in your life with anything, you come back to and you pick it up and you redo it again so I'm actually proud we're finishing up so hopefully in the next two months or so it should be out I'm excited about it so thank you thank you thank you and definitely make sure that you have your copy but yes 
it's something where it was freeing for me. It was a big accomplishment for me, but it also really is going to help the yeah. reader say, you know what? I forgive myself and I'm ready to embark on this journey. And you don't fix everything in there, but you start looking at yourself in another way. Like you said, and you start your journey, you got mm-hmm. support and you start really just taking the time just to, sometimes we need to read stuff. Like sometimes people can, you can t- talk to people and they hear you, but they don't hear you. Yeah. Some people are readers and they need to pick up something and they can internalize it. Some people are writers and they got to write it out and, you know, be able. So I think this is something that it has a little bit of both where um, it has visual, you know, visuals, it has it, you reading it, it has you um, writing, but as you're reading it, you're really talking to yourself. It's not me telling you what to do, it's you, you know, mm-hmm. bringing your thoughts and your beliefs, your actions, and you saying, okay, I'm ready, you know. I love that. Oh, I love that. Yeah, you got to let us know when it drops that, because that, that has that. to come out. Like, I, I love that because I feel like it's just the starting point, right? Because right. that's, that's usually the part that people are afraid to do is start. Right. And then once you First start, step. right, you can <laughs> right. keep going on the journey. So I absolutely love that. All right, so 2022 is here. Talk yes. to us. What you got coming up? What you working on? What we doing? I love it. I love it. Thank you. 2022 is here and we are looking to put some things together. So with School Counselors on Wheels, we have um, on March 20th. So like if you know any kids of all ages, we have a virtual workshop called The Power of My Voice. It's funny that you were talking about my voice. It's called The Power of My Voice. It's an open mic virtual um, workshop for kids. It's only $5, $5. They can come on um, and virtually, and we're going to do a game scavenger hunts. We're also going to do prompts. And then with those prompts, they're going to write, and then they're going to perform, whether it's through a poem, whether it's through a story, a TikTok dance, whatever, but they'd be able to write a little bit and we're going to do like a whole showcase and just get them to have a space of creative expression. So that's on March 20th from two to four is virtual. It's two to four Eastern Standard Time, um, but it's virtual. So you can make sure you check out that event to make sure you can re- look on it on um, register on Eventbrite is there too. So we have that. And then on March 25th, we have our wine and chill with our ladies. I think it's another virtual event. You can go on Eventbrite. This, uh, this uh, event is free. Um, you can come together and we're just looking where it's like wine and chill. We come together, we can laugh, we can cry, we can vent, but it's just a, a big community, a small community coming together so that we can just talk, laugh and support one, each, one another. And then you can ask me questions whether it's about motherhood, uh, entrepreneurship, just any business stuff, but just really just a space where we can come, let our heads, hair down, relax, joke, laugh, and just have great conversation and network a little bit. So we're going to do that. And then I released my um, e-journal called um, Unapologetically Self-Aware, my self-awareness journal. And that is um, for sale. And it's just a journal that talked about the three guides and tips to self-awareness. You need to be self-aware, self-acceptance, and self-love on yourself. And it just mm-hmm. has you be able to um, express yourself and start the journey of looking at yourself in another way for yourself. And then what do you need? What do you believe? What do you want? Um, setting up routines for you. And that's available. And with that, we have a workshop on April 8th. Um, and that's a virtual workshop as well, where we come together and I dive into the journal and be able to help um, have you start this new journey. So that's what we got going on, love. Girl, I love it. I love it. So before I let you go, tell the people how they can connect with you. 
Yes, this is your favorite school counselor, Shatira Porte. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at Shatira Porte, your favorite school counselor, school counselors on wheels, and also adult provision. You can follow me there. I'm on Facebook at Shatira Porte, S-H-A-T-I-E-R-A-P-O-R-T-E-E. And I'm also on LinkedIn. And, you know, you can always DM me, email me at schoolcounselorsonwheels at gmail.com. I love it with Shatira Boo. I so appreciate you coming through the Hey Queen Thrive and having this amazing conversation with us tonight. Oh my gosh. I just want to say, Leah, thank you for having me. You are amazing. This is one of the best, best um, interviews that I've had coming in there. And I'm not just saying that because you're here, you're professional, you show up, you're thriving, you're a queen, you're kicking it. And I love the fact that you promote and inspire healing healing growth self-love and we need more women like you to be out here and help us and hold our hands to get us through the process so i'm looking for whatever community you got if you're doing something once a month where we can come together and talk and get the ladies here i hear i support you send me the flyers i got you but i just want to say sis i celebrate you i celebrate in the work that you're doing i appreciate you we love you don't stop can't stop, won't stop. You can take a break and go on vacation, but we need you here because we need you to continue to pour into us because just on this interview today, you filled my cup up so much. It's overflowing. I love you. I appreciate you. And thank you. You're so welcome. <laughs> Yo, shout out to my sister Shatera for coming through the Hey Queen Thar. Listen, y'all, make sure y'all connecting with her follow her on her social medias, check her out on her website, definitely shoot her an email if anything that she said resonated with y'all. Listen, y'all know I bring the best of the best of the best to Hey Queen Thrive. And so thank you, sis. I appreciate you, my queen, for coming through the Hey Queen Thrive and shining the light on school counseling. Like I said, you guys, to me, do not get the recognition that you guys deserve. And so again, I salute you and I salute all the school counselors all across the United States of America and beyond for all the work that you do with our babies, trying to help them, especially navigating this COVID world that we live in. So I love you, girl. So listen, it's Thriving Nuggets time. And so I have for you guys today, um, eight tips on how, um, you can support students during COVID. And these tips actually came from a school counselor. And this is what their 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 expertise are recommending. And so we're just going to dive right into it. So tip number one, establish a routine. So daily routines and structure are important to helping students feel safe and secure. And knowing what to expect is comforting. So listen, in the beginning of COVID, that was one of the things that I used to always say to my clients. Um, especially my clients with children, the importance of keeping that routine in place. Even though your child was, you know, sent home and had to work remotely, there should should have still been a routine happening, right? So it they should have still been getting up every day like they should to go to school. They should have still been getting dressed, still having breakfast, still going to bed at a regular time. Like routines are necessary for children. And so definitely make sure you are establishing a routine. Number two, create a safe space. So stress safety, um, students cannot learn if they don't feel safe. So a safe 
and supportive school environment is a must for students and educators alike. So even take it a step further, have a safe space at home, right? Another thing that we saw during the, the start of COVID was domestic violence rates skyrocketing, right? And they were skyrocketing because many of our children and, and their parent who was being abused were now home isolated with the abuser, right? So understand for many children, school is a safe zone, right? It's a way to get away from what's happening at, a, at home. So as they're navigating this, this post-COVID world, like we need to make sure that we are creating um, a safe space for our children. Number three, focus on well-being. So use different skills to ensure students' emotional well-being. Similarly, focus on the mental health and well-being of adults who work with children. So for school leaders, implement wellness training for staff and support and encourage everyone, the teachers, the counselors, the social workers, and the administrators. Um, addressing the mental health of school personnel would directly impact students. So examples include mindfulness activities, breathing exercises, meditation, and relaxation exercises exercises, self-regulation activities, and physical activity, right? So we want to make sure that what in school as well as in at home, like we're fostering this, this concept of taking care of yourself, right? Taking care of yourself. Like you have to make sure that you take good care of yourself, right? So we're going to be focusing on well-being. Number four, Provide opportunities for healing and repair. So implement a school-wide approach of trauma-informed learning. This approach helps teachers to better understand the developmental, emotional, and social challenges that students face. So for example, teachers can focus on restorative practices and relationship building through peace circles, peer support groups, peer media mediation, and group counseling. I love that. I love that. Because listen, our children need it more than ever. They need it more than ever right now, especially because COVID stripped our kids of so much, right? So our kids are battling with anxiety and depression and all these other things. And so if we create spaces where they have that opportunity to not only heal and repair, but they also have that opportunity to vocalize what it is that they're going through. And then teachers and school counselors and alike can now understand more about what's happening in our in our children's world versus being so quick to label them, you know, a bad kid or a disrupt disruptive kid, right? So I, I absolutely love that. All right, number five, encourage student voice and agency. Provide opportunities for students to have agency and voice. Student voice is student voice into what is happening will go a long way in improving school improving school culture and climate. I absolutely love that. Give them a voice. And I feel like, let me just say this, not just in school, let's do that at home, parents. Allow your child that safe place and safe space to really tell you what's on their heart and what's on their mind, right? Encourage that. Encourage your child to talk. Number six, Model good coping behaviors. Be honest, encouraging, and calm. It is important to be encouraging and honest and to demonstrate a positive attitude with students. Stay calm. Children and adolescents pick up on underlying fear in adults. I love it. So as the adult, as the as the parent, like as the teacher, as the school counselor, all of that, like you 
need to be able to model those good coping skills, right? So that kids understand, okay, this is how I properly handle when I feel anxious, when I feel upset, right? So modeling good behavior is a must. I love it. And number seven, listen to children's concerns. Above all, be a good listener. Students need to be able to share their feelings, be fully present when students are expressing their fears and issues of grief and loss. Be aware of symptoms of anxiety and depression. Provide targeted interventions for students experiencing symptoms. I I can't agree. I couldn't even say that better. Like, I can't agree more. We have to be listening to our children. Our babies are going through. Listen, suicide is the second leader cause of death in children and adolescents. I didn't make that up. Google it. <laughs> like, it is the second leader cause of death. Our children are taking their lives because they don't feel heard. They don't feel seen. They don't feel validated. And so we have to be able to do those things so our kids understand that they have a safe space to go to, right? And I'm not talking about the building. I'm talking about us as adults, right, where they can share what's on their heart and their mind. And the last tip I have for you guys is increase family support. So increase supports to family, which in turn will impact the health and well-being of students. Implement family, family school community collaborations and partnerships to support engagement and student success. Listen, to all my parents out here, and I, I, and especially my single parents, I know, I know y'all working hard and all that, and I, and I salute you, but your children need you. They need you more than ever right now because a lot is happening in this world right now and they don't understand and they're fearful and they're anxious and they're sad and they're depressed and they need you. And so I say all of this to say, listen, we have to do a better job. We got to go back to that notion of it takes a village to raise a child. We can't keep going down this path of don't tell me how to raise my kid. Nah, we're not trying to tell you how to raise your kid. We're just trying to come alongside you so that we can support you and your children. And that's what we need to see happening more than ever so that our babies stop feeling like they got to take their life in order to get a reprieve from what's going on. I'm just saying, and I'm going to leave it at that. So listen, this concludes another episode of Hey Queen Thrive. Tune in again next week for another Power Pack episode with another Power Pack guest. I love each and every one of you guys out there. Please stay safe, and I'll talk with you guys soon. Peace.